Hello, hello. Okay. Hello. Sorry, it took me a little bit. So I was like, why is it not letting me start this live? But how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just going to invite Steve. Sounds good. Pretty good. <clears throat> Just hanging out on this Monday morning. <laughs> awesome. And then I see Sage is here. Hello. Once she joins in, then we'll get started. Unable to join. Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties. Oh, no. She having trouble joining? Yeah. There we go. There we go. Hey, Sage. Hey! I was getting nervous there. I was like, why is it not letting her join? Okay. How are you doing? How are you doing, Sage? Doing good. Pretty good. How are you both doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Cassie, do you want to um, kick us off? Yeah, sounds good. So welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Costella Copeland. People just call me Cassie here in Windsor. Thank you all for coming. So uh, we are three members, uh, part of the National Black Cooperative. And we're just going to do a quick round robin of who we are and kind of our roles. So I'll be kind of your host or so, I guess, tonight. Uh, my name, again, is Cassie. Um, I am one of the kind of coordinator slash court uh educational content persons um here for tnbc and we do lots of good stuff how about you sage hi i'm sage um i'm kind of like the student point of view person um but i'm also a part of like the educational moderator of, for tnbc um adriana hey guys um i'm adriana i'm one of the president and founder of tnbc um yeah, that's kind of, I think that's kind of it for me. Wait, oh, Cassie, do you want to tell a little bit more? Yeah, sure thing. So um, our main mission slash motto is uh, short and sweet. It says um, uh, TNBC is for Black flourishing, for Black freedom, for humanity. Our mission is to use a health justice framework to fight anti-Blackness, systemic racism, and social injustice through education, advocacy, and community engagement so that Black, Indigenous, people of color cannot just merely survive, but flourish. 
So that is the main part. And we're going to kind of dive into that a bit more on the educational piece today, because as some of you may know, the first few weeks of May were Teacher Appreciation Week. So we got to appreciate all those educators, teachers, support staff, administrators out there. Like, it, it has been a year. So we got to share our appreciation and maybe talk a bit about our own school schooling experience, whether it's from elementary, middle school, school, college, and beyond. So um, that's going to be our focus today is teacher appreciation. So feel free to, like, type in the chat or add comments about your experiences if you want to share as well, because we're all here about just, again, making sure we have a community to flourish. So to start off, um, we're, we're going to kind of create a common ground. And I'd like everyone here, for Adriana, Sage, and myself, to kind of describe who a teacher is to you. Because there's that traditional sense of, like, what we know and are taught. But it's great to put it in your own words. Who is a teacher to you? And it can include mentors or educators. So whoever wants to go first. <laughs> well, I'll definitely go first because um, I'm in this space, you know, um, as a student. Um, what is a teacher to me? To be honest, um, you know, you have the education um, uh, piece to it. Um, they, like, teach you, like, you know, about the curriculum and everything. But for me, um, one of, like, a best teacher or, like, the perfect teacher for me is, like, someone that cares and like it's someone you can kind of connect with and I have a I have at my school and outside of my school that are like that and it's like um it's just that connection piece so to not just about school but like they kind of understand me um in a way yeah your internet's going in and out sage oh no <laughs> it's okay it happens you buffering. I think I can go and then let's see. Is you buffering? Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yes. Buffering too. She's talking about connection um, okay. with teachers. Yes. <laughs> but with stage, when you come back, just keep um keep going where you left off. But um, I guess this is a tough. This is a really good question, Cassie. Um, and it's definitely a tough question for me, like thinking about it. But also, it's like an easy question too. I think, like what a teacher is to me is what okay um what a teacher is to me is somebody that like believes in you you know like they see your potential like they see the vision for you and they really like somebody that okay keep going <laughs> keep going stage sorry oh i don't know what happened sorry about that um kick me okay. Okay, okay. um but where did i leave off um the connection piece um yeah so it's just like um I'm going to give an example. Like one of my teachers at my school right now, I'm in a, um, um, a variety of clubs with her. And um, it's like, I can sit down and have a conversation with her without feeling like, Oh, what did I do wrong? You know, it's like those moments. Like I feel like very like, you know, like, like close to her as a teacher and, you know, student. So it's just, it's like having those spaces where you can actually just like be yourself and like, you know, be vulnerable like I feel like that's like a especially in high school because it's very, like you know mental health and what's happening right we've been having these conversations like Buffalo what's you know all these different things just having that you know moment and speaking with that's what I yeah but what were you saying Adriana sorry <laughs> I was kind of piggybacking off of you like I think that somebody that like really can 
I think a teacher, like the ideal teacher for me is somebody that can like sees the potential in you, believes in you, like sees your vision and is able to like help curate like the different areas where you need help to help reach your goals, right? Like they identify your potential, but also like push you to be better, to do better um, and to get you to where you need to be or whatever like your goals or your educational career goals may be. I think they're also somebody like, like Cassie said that you can like um, just find like solace in in general right like you find like when you go there like you 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 gain so much you grow from like the experience of being like with them and like learn a lot of different things um I think like the teachers that like stick with me the most are like the teachers that um just kind of had that impact on me where like I remember like everything I learned in their class like I like it was engaging like I I went home was happy or excited to like read and do my homework I was like happy to come back in class and have discussion and like I felt fulfilled like I think those type like those right. teachers yeah. were the ones that like um mm-hmm. stuff with so Cassie I want to hear your thoughts um especially seeing that you're an educator of yourself like what are, what are your thoughts yeah for sure I thank you so much for um uh, sharing Adrian and Sage I think like mine's kind of similar a lot of it's about forming meaningful relationships because I know throughout my educational career it's been like that as well where it's like I have to not only be engaged but be able to have a real talk and I had some teachers and people who I could do that with and others who I didn't and I think it's both are actually very valuable because there's it kind of teaches you where you can who you can lean into and who not to which is a great skill to have so I think a teacher someone who's willing to walk with you for who you are and where you're at in your life and space and then to help guide you towards what you want to do. So like, kind of like what you're saying, um, Adriana is kind of like, it could be your aspirational goals. It could be a certain skill that you're working on. It could just be, it could be emotional. It could be kind of social. There's a lot of, a lot of different aspects, but that person's with you on that journey. They're not doing it for you. They're walking with you and kind of guiding you through like some, some kind of attitudes or guiding you through some, some of the feelings or suggestions and kind of that, that is what like a teacher or mentor is to me is just being, being someone who will walk with you when like not many others will. <laughs> exactly. I agree. And just to piggy off on um, piggyback off of that, like one thing I didn't um, say was like those teachers that like push you, you know? And I think you said that um, Cassie, like, like, they're not going to give you like, you know, the blueprint, but I mean, they're going to give you the blueprint, but like, they're not going to like, okay, you got to do this, that, 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 and be there. I mean, no, like you got to do it and you got to learn and you, you're going to fail, you know, and it's okay to fail. Like they will let you know that. And I think that's very important because like, it's okay to fail, you know? So that's fine. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And speaking of failing and stuff, it's a great segue because like <laughs> we learn from our failures. I know as a figure skater, when you fall, like you, you get up, you have to, like, it, there's a whole thing where like you get up and keep going. And I think there's a connection with that in, in schools as well across many different age levels. I know for, especially for young students, the more you fail, the more you learn. However, there's a difference between like the perception of failing and like learning from that, like growth, Versus like, oh, I'm academically like in need of support. So I think there's like different types of failure, but again, lots of learning opportunities. So um, we're going to transition into talking about elementary school and thinking about some of the teachers that made a big impact on you and kind of what were some of those kind of 
accomplishments or failures that really helped shape you as a student? I can't take this one off. It's been a minute since I've been in kindergarten, so I'm going to be pulling for memories, but I got you. Um, <laughs> I, so my kindergarten teachers are Ms. Bykowski and Ms. McCarthy. I, had two. I don't know why we had two teachers, but... Yeah, I wasn't mad at it. Well, Mr. Carter ended up becoming like a second grade teacher, I think, after our, our class left. But that's a discussion for a different day. Um, so I had two teachers for kindergarten. Um, I was like a shy kid um, when I was younger, but like, particularly going into kindergarten. I think once I left kindergarten, I became less shy. And I think a lot of that's a testament to like that environment. But I was like a very shy kid going into kindergarten. Like I, I was, and I think, a lot of the things I engaged in, how we get out of my show, but like I think part of that was my teachers. I think like them making sure that like I would be engaged in different activities and group and group group things. And like by the end, I was like a social butterfly, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with like my teachers being able to like identify like my needs and seeing my potential and trying to like you know not force me to do anything that I wasn't necessarily uncomfortable with, but like making sure that I like uh, appropriately fitting me into things that I felt like were um, were appropriate to help me grow and expand and like um, expand my horizons and get out of my shell. And I think for that, like I'm very grateful for like that experience, you know what I mean? And like also just making sure that I felt safe, you know, I think that as a kindergartner too, it's just like everything just seems so like big and just like, ah, like, you know, all over the place. So like having some like, teachers that can ground you in the space and like, um, provide like care especially at that age I think are I think it's like very important I think also was like full day kindergarten I remember too. so there's that but yeah mm -hmm. no absolutely thanks for sharing I think it's like there's that sense of like tough love where it's like they're gonna like push you enough to like so that you do your learning but then at the same time they'll give you all of like the, well, they'll give you many, or teachers might give you some of the things that you want or need. So I know that, that like you're talking about, Adriana, like that need is key, like the need to feel safe, the need to be able to like access information. So just want to thank you um, for sharing that. And I'll move on to Sage. I know her thing is there. There you go. So Sage, would you like to share I your thoughts? Yes. Um, so elementary. Um, She should be coming back in. Yep, we're talking about elementary school, which includes like pre-K to fifth grade, I guess is how it's like defined. It depends. Like early childhood is actually looking at the literature um, in education right now. I was and I was just reading about this too today um, for my um, doctoral study. Is that like they they define. Um, early childhood as pre-k through second grade because um cognitively people are um children are developing at such a high rate that like those are the those are the crucial years to like absorb and take in the information whether it's like social emotional and like lot like logistical so like pre-k through second is technically like early childhood depending on the school you go to and then like three to five is like a continuation of that but like then they're starting to mature into other concepts so it's interesting seeing the cognitive psychology and kind of the the educational part on that but sage since you're back <laughs> would you like to share about <laughs> yes okay so what i was going to say i'm so sorry um yeah. i wanted to actually give like my own um this experience i had so 
uh, I think it was third group. No, fourth grade. Um, yes, fourth grade. So I had this teacher um, um, named Miss Smith. And this was like one of the best years of um, elementary school. And it's because I'm like, we read this book, The Giver. I think you both know that book, right? The Giver, right? I tell you, my entire class loved this book. I can't explain it. But like, um, there, because um, it was like, I guess, the book may um, was like a little harder than like the level that we were at. So the like the principal at the time was like, no, you guys can't read it. So they were trying to take it away from us. So we're just a little upset. But like our teacher was like, really like, sticking with us and saying like like we're go like we're just understanding the book and loving it right um so there was like a whole thing about that but the reason why i brought that up was because that was like the first time like my teacher her name was miss smith um she it, it was just like this connection i said this in the beginning like this connection not just me but my entire class had with her because she cared and it, it um the reason why i say she cared it was just like she was it, she was trying to push us um and she kept pushing us to like learn um, or not just learn, but like just to kind of like, like push our limits, you know, not just say, oh, give us bare minimum, but like, okay, this is what, where you're at. And I want you to go here, you know, you can be there. And I, and that's where I, ever since I had her class, like, I'm like, I, like, I'm always telling myself I can do more. I can do more. Like I'm, I have the potential, you know, it's not like, oh, this is where you're at, you know? And I say that because like, like as like you know as we're appreciating teachers like that was one of like the teachers I appreciate the most I, I haven't seen her for years but like those are the teachers I love you know like and and even in middle um high school now like I had teachers like that that kept pushing me and that's like the teachers I look for because I know they care so much to like like you know show me like not just like the curriculum or what the book is or what the paper is but how is it kind of like gonna like compared to like what I'm about to enter like my new next chapter like in the world because you know it's crazy like it's chaotic and you know and I think that was like the first like stepping stone of that and I really appreciate that the most you know so that's my experience mm -hmm. yes absolutely thanks for sharing it's really interesting to see like which teachers looking back like yeah. by the end when you get because I remember when I was in like uh, a senior in high school too I was like I would re I would reflect being like oh my gosh like it's been a wild 12 years. And I think back to the teachers who have like made the biggest impact. I know for me personally, thinking about my experiences, it was my second grade teacher. Um, uh, and I went to Windsor public schools um, and she taught me how to read. I was very behind. People don't like know that about me. I was like very behind. I did not want to like read and stuff. Um, but she taught me how to read. She taught me how to write. She was very hard because she knew she's like, I know you have the potential. I know you can do better. So I'm going to push you to be a better student. And again, I was in second grade. I was just like, again, behind in a lot of things, but like at the same time, like she made us better students and that set all of us up for paths for success. Exactly. So then later on, when we got into fifth grade, like I had another teacher who again, pushed us really hard and he would have like rude rules um, where like, if we broke the rules, we would have to, go to the dictionary, write the word down and the definition, and then like recite it back saying like, this is what we're gonna do better and like really share like how we understand the concept. But that was very transformative because like learning the power of words, learning the meaning of actions and behavior. So those two teachers like really impacted my sense of self, which 
which gets into our next question of like, how have these teachers at the elementary level impacted your self of sense or your sense of self, sorry, and identity? Because I, I mean, it's crucial, but especially thinking about some of those key teachers, how, how do you think it's impacted you? I can I add two other teachers? Yes. Because the more I think about it, I want to add. So there's so my third grade teacher, Miss Pueblo. Never forget her because she stayed on me. I mean, similar to you, Cassie, like I had issues with like my, my writing when I was like in third grade and stuff. And just like grammar, all like all that good stuff, like subject, adjective. And um she would like really stay on me. Like and she would and she had like good collaboration with my mom. My parents are very engaged, especially my mom. So she would like if I would, like, flip up or mess up, she would always, like, engage my mom, and she would, like, give me extra assignments. Like, she would, like, um, and, like, in the moment, sometimes I'll be, like, annoyed. I'm, like, why is she just on me, like, so much? Like, I didn't know need all of this, but, like, in retrospect, it was, like, um, she always, she always talked about, like, you're, you're really gonna need this, like, as you get older, and you grow, and I just want to make sure you, like, gain the foundation, and, like, you know how vital it is, and, like, she saw, like, my potential and my ambition, and even when, like, sometimes I'd be, like, in my mind, like, oh, but, like, doing this, like, she would, like, push me to keep going further and, like, um, really just try to be the best that I can be. And, like, I really thank her for that because, like, there's some, like, I remember she used to have, like, um, she had this, like, list of words, like, it's, like, a cheat sheet type thing of, like, um, like, transitionary words and stuff. And, like, to this day, I kept that paper, like, forever. And to this day, like, I can pretty much, like, remember it in my mind now. This is kind of funny. But, like, just, like, um, just like on how to write and things like that so like I thank her for that and also my gym teacher which I don't know like I I feel like we act like gym teachers don't count but he was very influential because I he's the reason why I started running track like I was just a really naturally fast kid and I would like always like race with boys and beat all the boys or whatever and he was like you know you should like run cross country and like do nursery track and I'm like okay like <laughs> I'm like sure and he had a collab with my dad and like my dad started training and stuff but like um, even like when I was in gym class, he would have me like um, run with the boys and like, you know, like he wouldn't just because I was a girl, he wouldn't like um, silo me or like um, make me feel like I was less than. He would make sure that like my talents and my merit would like shine before anything else. And like, um, I thought that was just really, really cool. Um, and he's also kind of a cool dude, too. <laughs> um, just in general. So I think like going to like how it impacted my sense of self, like, seeing people that like saw that worth in me and were willing to like um like you should do this or put me in like put me along the right path like kind of like what you were saying Cassie like your teachers are like or mentors are, like guide you they don't like necessarily give you um yeah. everything but they put the, the like the right different things in front of you so that you so that you can succeed and so that you can find yourself and figure out what you like for yourself and I think like you know a lot of the past especially elementary school like those teachers like they definitely um recognize like where I needed help or like what I was good at and were able to like cultivate that also my third grade teacher I got like really sick I got pneumonia in third grade and I was out for like a week and then when I came back she let me just sit in a comfy chair for like the whole week and then we had like a party it was amazing I was like I loved her <laughs> so I think like like I will never forget that <laughs> but um like yeah teachers are awesome just for like just the way in which you don't realize necessarily the the, the impact like the totality of the impact until later, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing. How about you, Sage? How have elementary school teachers impacted your sense of self or identity? Kind of the similar to your story, Adriana. Um, and to kind of tell like a little thing like about me, 
third grade was actually a year um, that I kind of, I was behind, same, similar to, um, I think what you said, Cassie, like I was behind in reading. Like I just was at a low level. Um, and it was kind of due to my, um, it was just, I was just at a low level and I just was not good at reading when I get into that. But, um, so, and as the years go on and, um, like I told you my experience with Ms. Smith for uh, my fourth grade and fifth grade and so on and so forth, um, those teachers that kind of like you know line like helped me and like pushed me and like said like you got this like we're gonna make you get to that because at the time there was like letter a through z so obviously everyone wants to be at z you know because uh, that's like the highest reading level and that's where i wanted to be you know but that they like my teacher was like you know it's gonna take time but if you do what you do just read read you got it you know and that really helped me personally because at the time, like, I really wanted to be like everyone else. Everyone knows higher than me when it comes to tests. Like, I'm not a standardized test taker. You know, I'm very slow at, slow at all of that. And, you know, it, like, kind of upset me at the time, you know. Um, and even now, like, I still don't like, you know, the SATs. Like, I don't like it. But, you know, like, I'm just, like, that's just not for me. And, you know, it upset me. And, like, you know, I'll be, like, I'll just be upset, angry and everything. And having that teacher to tell me like it's fine like it's okay to be at letter ed again with the letters but it's like okay and um that's what I also appreciate the most like just like letting me know that it's fine to be at a certain like you know certain level or certain um I don't know what the word is but you know it's okay to take your time and there's steps to like being successful because that's like the biggest you know goal right or to take the next step like it's okay to be here then you're going to get here and like planning it out. And at that young age, that helped me now of like, you know, the person I am, you know, and I'm more confident in what I'm doing. And even if it takes, you know, a longer time than other people, that's fine, you know, and that's really what helped myself. I, um, so, so yeah, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing Sage and Adriana. I think a big part of it too is like, elementary school is more forgiving like when you think about it I was just reading too in um, a lot of educational uh, literature they're talking about how like the students aren't as cognitively or like uh, thinking about like their brain development so that's cognition um, they're, they're not aware of like how important academics are until you transition into middle school. So there's still that kind of beautiful buffer of like, you know, kind of going at your own pace and not having any pressure and really being able to kind of explore and have that support, especially I know for elementary school, like I had some teachers as well who would like walk with you along the way and like be like, it's okay. There are, there are ways that you can get there. There's no right or wrong path. It is your journey. It's your chapter. You get to write it. And it, it was great to like, again, kind of experience that. So um, especially for identity, those are the, the transformative years is uh, when people are younger. By the time um, young children are two or three, they have an understanding about gender and race, even though like not many kids will be able to like verbally or use their language and words to tell you about it like that. That's there. And the amount of time that they're like five or six, again, thinking about the kind of educational psychology behind it. I did do a lot of studies of that in Yeag School of Education, where it's like, that is where like, oh, things are starting to make sense. The logic is forming of like, this is how this is how we treat people. This is how we can behave and stuff. So there's like so many factors that go into it. So kind of thinking about elementary school, and then like it ends, 
at grade five. So now we're literally transitioning into middle school. So I'm going to combine middle and high school. If you want to share a bit about both just for the sake of time and stuff. Um, but, but thinking about that transition from elementary school to middle school, kind of, do you have any memorable experiences with teachers who helped you with that transition? Like thinking about my experience, like my fifth grade teacher was like, okay, this is what middle school is like, and this is how you're going to kind of get through it. And I had to take all the skills that I had learned and like apply it in a new way. And then in middle school, it's like, oh, like you have eight different teachers a year and then they change halfway through. And it's like, oh, and then there's a new social dynamic and then puberty. And like, there's like all these different things. <laughs> yeah. so, like, there's like Everything is like, flipped upside down right. and yet here we have these teachers i know middle school is often regarded as like one of the hardest like schools to be in but think let's think about our teachers here because i know i had some key teachers who really helped shape me along the way and i'm wondering like if you all had some experiences just from that transition from elementary to middle school like how how were you able to either survive thrive or flourish in middle school especially after like you know coming from the lovely elementary. <laughs> yes. I mean, first off, oh, actually, Adriel, you can go. Oh, well, first off, if you really think about it, like in elementary, you only, you stay in one classroom or like at my time, yeah. it's like you, we kind of switch to another classroom, but it's just one classroom usually, right? So middle school, like now you're like at my um Sage Park, like we were going like all over the place like you know you got to go to this classroom for math you got to go to this classroom for reading science you know so that teacher helped me with that um actually now i do remember her name was miss small um and i was just because you know i'm like i'm like so young still and i'm just like oh wow i'm in middle school now there's so many things there's so many opportunities so i'm just like you know this big joy, you know full of joy um and like i did like this uh i forgot the place but she was actually a person that actually helped guide me through that um because it was kind of confusing at first but you know usually when you it's a routine kind of thing like you start to get it um and yeah just like like she um she really was like there mentally for me and like like understanding that switch because there's there's two different dynamics you know what i mean so yeah that's really my story for my transition adria in middle school so i think i guess i should probably add this for in not like this anymore but in east hartford um after you got to elementary school you went to like the sixth grade academy which was like one year and then you would transition to middle school, which is like seventh and eighth period. And then after that, you would go to high school. Um, mm -hmm. So like that that one year period was like very interesting. I had like, and we were on teams for that. Um, so we had like the three teachers that we would rotate. And then if we had like art or like the electives, we would like kind of like go out or to like to the library. Um, but I'm gonna, for the time, let's get to like when I got to middle school, which was like seventh and eighth grade. Um, and I was, we had teams then too. But um two teachers that like have big impact on me. My first one was my band teacher, which is Miss Wilhelm. Mm -hmm. Um who I mean, I first of all band anybody who's a band geek, like <laughs> big love. But um, <laughs> but I by the time I got to seventh grade, I had switched instruments like crazy. Like I I think I played everybody played violin in elementary elementary school because I think it was the only thing you could play like the first year. And then after that I played like a lot of different instruments. 
in the sixth grade, I played like the French horn. I stopped doing that because I had to take the bus and it was way too heavy to bring around. <laughs> so I wasn't playing that. And then once I got to middle school, I ended up picking up the clarinet. And that was the thing I played through high school. Um, but most of the people had been like stuck with the same instrument from elementary school. So they had like the ability to like, you know, have that same continuity. But going from French horn and clarinet were like two opposite sides of the spectrum. And like people usually don't do that. And she took it upon herself to like, um, make sure that she was like invested in me, investing in that, make sure, making sure that I learned how to play the clarinet, taking the time and like seeing that I was passionate and trying to learn on my own and like engaging that, like that knowledge and also preparing me for high school and saying like, if you want to be a marching band, you start high, you know, you're going to have to be able to like play like this level at this level by the time that you get there. And this is how we can do that. And I'm going to make sure I talk to Ms. Gus, who's the, the band teacher there. So that you know you would be you'll be prepared when you you go there and you won't feel like a fish out of water because like I was definitely starting at like most people don't start a new instrument in middle school if they're like you know planning on being and like band and stuff like that in the future so like she just was invested and spent the time and like cared about like me being able to succeed in that and then Mr. Campbell he was like the best history teacher <laughs> ever like I don't know like any thing I was like to say but he was just like first of all he like spoke to us in the way that he cared he understood like he spoke to us in a way that we could understand and showed that he cared about like our well-being he taught us like the the unvarnished um unsanitized truth about history he allowed us to like be engaged in our work be able to like develop our own different projects i remember i did a project on russia um and i learned so much about like russia the culture the history about the, the soviet union before it was russia like what happened during those wars and this was all in middle school mind you like it was like seventh grade and like I still he ended up keep, keeping my um presentation but like I still remember so much from that to this day I remember we learning about Syria because that's when like Syria has first refugees crisis because i remember in middle school as well yeah syrian refugee crisis yeah oh yeah i, I heard that part yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh oh did i go out <laughs> yeah just for a second oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. yeah wait what did you guys last year my bad <laughs> am i no do you guys not hear me oh no we yeah, can't we... oh, you yeah. said the oh. <laughs> okay wait that was the last thing you guys heard um, yes. I don't even know what y'all heard now. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So he, look, when we're in class, over. Do you hear what I said about Russia? No. Yeah. Yeah, about Russia. Okay, yeah. I hear most everything. Um, but yeah, I just think they helped shape my identity and like being able to like feed my curiosity and knowing that it's okay to like to be curious and to question why things are the way they are. Mm -hmm. Um. And just to be able to achieve higher, you know what I mean, and, and support me in my efforts to do so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing, y'all. I think as well for middle school is very critical for me because I I went from like in sixth grade being like a total academic nerd to then like easing up in seventh grade and being as hard about it and then trying to explore more of the social aspect. So, like, I felt like I was, like, really hardcore academic sixth grade, seventh grade. I was trying to, like, I, I mean, I got decent grades, but I wasn't a stickler about it. And then eighth grade, I found a balance. And I was like, okay, if this is what middle school is like, I can do this in high school and whatever else life has. So it was, like, a great learning opportunity and teachers to support along the way, whether it was, like, 
reading new books and series or doing research projects. I know at my school, I mean, I went to Sage Park as well. Um, we had this African mask project and my brother did one from Egypt and like my mom and dad kept it because like my grandparents and like all sorts of family and the school was like, wow. Like, and he like won awards and all sorts of stuff. I don't even know if he remembers it or not, but like he did so well on it. And then like that teacher continued to do that project. So that by the time I got to the school, like we did the same project and then I was like, I'm going to do well. I don't care if I get an award. <laughs> this as well and like i learned all about like the different tribes and stuff and we learned about the histories and the culture and then now my parents have our masks side by side and they're like oh we get to like have like great work and we both got to learn a bit about history and like have that engaging experience but if anything i know identity wise i learned a lot about myself i was able to learn a lot of practical skills a lot of social skills that, that i didn't think I was capable of or didn't I wasn't aware or realized it until like you kind of go through it and and like like we said before like you just gotta learn from a lot of failures there are a lot of awkward times there are times where I would say a wrong thing or make a mistake and I would feel bad about it and have to talk with teachers or talk with students or other people and like it really helped shape me because then through those experience I became a better person so um, thank you both for sharing about middle school because then there's another transition in the high school from eighth to ninth grade or as, as the folks say at junior high school to actual senior high school. Oh, so like high school is like a whole different ballpark. Like I almost like miss miss it, but at the same time it's like it's nostalgic looking back. It's kind of like Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia, which is just such a fantastic album and like, uh, just like great kind of looking back. So thinking about high school now, kind of similar things. Were there teachers who really walked with you and supported you or were there some that kind of pushed you in a way that, that was good or bad? And how did that impact your sense of self and identity? I don't know if you want to go first, Adriana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess the person that first comes to mind for high school will probably be um she definitely be first and then probably second would be Miss Cup. Um Miss Cupcom was my English teacher for sophomore. I can't believe she only had it for one year. She was definitely sophomore year. She was my honors English teacher and then she ended up putting me in AP language and comp. The next year was Miss Vargas, but um, I feel like all my English teachers were actually fired. So Miss Beeler was my freshman year English teacher, but Miss Cutcomp was critical, I think, because first of all, her class was just the books that she picked for us to read, um, the way in which that we like dissected like the books that we read. Um, I became an avid reader like for freshman year before my high school year, um, for my high school year, and. I think going into that class, being able to like learn about how to like dissect and uh, really critically think about books and like rhetorical strategies and things like that um, was very powerful for me. But also besides all of that, she also was very um, invested in making sure that I like was able to learn. I think that's a common thread that's like coming up, but like we found like a common ground. Like I felt like um, we had like a very good relationship. Um, where we could talk about a lot of different things about like college. She ended up writing my letter of recommendation to go to college. Um, and she just, she also was my NHS advisor. Um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, we ended so that's why I feel like I had her longer than I did. But she just was just very transformative and everybody I know like who had her loved her. Um, she she was the one who wrote to make sure that I would get into AP language and comp. Like she recommended me for that. 
and she was just very invested in making sure that I succeeded and um she would make sure that like I don't know she would just do her class was just a place that just felt like safe and just felt like you know a place for me to explore and learn and then another teacher was my band teacher Miss Gus um like I said I started learning to play clarinet in like middle school late middle school and the transition from middle school to high school band is like talk about first second third tier like you're not supposed to like be like a beginner and I was like very much a beginner I ended up at the by the end of my um time of high school I ended up being section leader um but a lot of that is because of Miss Gus um because girl I was going home everybody would leave their like their instrument in their locker I would be bringing my instrument home every day to practice because sis didn't have it like that <laughs> and I like had to get the work in and she would know that she would see that she's like you guys need to get like Adriana and she would like you know she would meet with me sometimes to like give me lessons so that I could like level up and things like that and I and um even with like um the marching choir band so like when we did drill and stuff like I would be like that I excelled in and she would see that and she was like you know you work hard on this and then that way you know you're doing great on that and like she was just very like motivational and was able to guide me and give me the thing but also was like um allowed me to do my thing on my own and She's a lot, like a big reason why I decided to try out for um, section leader by like my, I think I tried out every year. Like we had a section leader who was gonna, she was sexually until she graduated and she was only a year older than me. But um, after she left, I ended up becoming section leader and she, my teacher is the reason why I auditioned. So yeah, I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing Adriana. Go ahead, Sage. For me, I actually have a couple, um, but I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, I'm going to be honest, my transition, uh, for my transition, I had the, I think you know him, his name's Mr. Moore. He's actually mm -hmm. the person that um, helped me have a smooth transition. He even had this um, summer program before we entered high school. Well, I think it's called Speed Pass. So it was just a really easy transition because high school is huge and there's a whole different space. Um, but um for me, it was just, like, similar to what you were saying, Adriana, like, what he did, like, he kind of gave me all these opportunities. He was, like, telling me, like, he was very invested in me. You can just, I could tell, and that was kind of what I needed at the moment. Like, as a ninth grader, like, if you don't really have that at the time, like, you know, okay, how do you, like, kind of get through the years, you know what I mean? So, um, I had that in, like, so many opportunities, like, with leadership program, like, I was entered in the leadership program from that, and then like other things like with meetings and knowing how to like um, facilitate meetings too. So that's actually um, going back to like um, the self and identity piece. Like that's where I kind of found myself. Like I used to be scared to present and be a public speaker, but now I'm comfortable with doing that. Not even, not just from you guys, cause you guys help too, but like, you know, him and like the, um, the, the, um, the situation that I've been put in, like, with um, speaking to a bunch of adults or a bunch of students. Um, so that that's something I started to actually be passionate about. Like, I do like speaking, you know, I actually do it very well. So that was something, like, during that time, that transition that helped me and, you know, pushed me through the three years or four years that I have been throughout high school. So, yes, that's my story. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, Sage and Adriana. I think, like, especially high school, that was, like, one of my most transformative kind of years. Um, I also went to Windsor High School. And fun fact, like, small tidbit, is that, like, my brother also went to that high school. 
my uh, fiance went to that high school and my mom went to the high school. So it was kind of funny because like my mom was like, oh my gosh, like you're going to the high school I went to. And I was like, well, yeah. But then it also created this beautiful connection and sense of community because like her, the friends that she went to that same high school with, like were my age. So it was like so weird to have that like parallel of like, oh. like, but, like connection of like, oh, like I'm friends with like, your friends, but it's their like kids and that created that sense of community. And also real quick, our elementary school principal came and became our high school principal. And I, and just let me tell you that like that made such a big impact. And again, he wasn't a teacher, but he, Mr. Sills like made such a huge impact on our lives. Like that really inspired me just his leadership and how he treated people and how, like how kind and giving he always was and how empathetic he always was. Like that was truly inspirational. So I just add that because like in high school, like I went in with so much uncertainty. I went in being like, you know what? This time when I transition, I'm going to have an open mind. I'm going to just try things and make it work and just do my best. I literally, that was my mindset. I'm just going to try to do my best at everything. I might fail. It might be hard. I'm just going to try to do my best. So I wound up like doing volleyball in the fall, cheerleading in the winter, like tennis in the spring, skating on the weekends, um, coaching and stuff. Cause I got a job at eighth grade and like, you know, that was a whole other dynamic of talking about kind of like, socioeconomic status in like school but anyways like I had all those things going on I was also section leader and marching band and I had like all this other stuff with that <laughs> I did I was in like four or five clubs with like action club and creative club and then like this club and that club and then I was like taking like four or five AP classes and like all this stuff so like And everyone would always knew me, even back then. They're like, you never stop. And I was like, yeah, because I, I just wanted to learn so much. I was like, oh, four years is not enough. Like, I, I need more time to, like, learn everything, to get to know everyone. And even though it's been, like, 12 years with my peers and everyone, they're mentors along with me, too. We all learn so much from each other and the teachers and everything. So I think that the high school teachers really transformed who I was as a young, uh, like who I became as a young adult, um, really like, again, going from that, that, that transition, but that's why it's like so important to have educative and supportive staff, um, especially when, when connecting with students. I know we were all talking about that before, but that's why it's important is because then you're able to truly have success, like based off of your personal definition, not like what right. the school says is success, not what your parents say is success, not what the teacher says as success but what you personally see, feel, and believe. So just going to put that out there because in our final section, before we get to our final few questions, and Sage, if you want to talk about this aspirationally, you can because um, uh, I know you'll be heading in there soon potentially. Um, but thinking about kind of college and grad school, like, again, it's a choice if people want to pursue that. But, you know, there's another transition from, like, high school in going into what's next. So I was hoping everyone can kind of talk about whether it's aspirationally or just kind of based off of experience, kind of like, did you have memorable teachers once again? Cause that's like a whole nother chapter and a whole nother shift. Yes. Wait, let me bring Sage back in. But great questions. And I appreciate your, your um, sharing your experience with that. I think she just came back. Okay, so I'll, I'll go first, though. Um, 
for college, so I guess I should explain this too. I start so I went to MCC first. I went there two years, and I uh, was in a guaranteed admissions program for UConn. So once I graduated from MCC, then I transferred to UConn, and I went there for two years. Um, so at MCC, so some teachers that were very vital to like my transitionary. You think about like you when you're like a senior in high school, you're like the top of like the cream of the crop. Like you know, you guys are like the big dogs of school. And then you go right, you transition right back into being like the, the bottom of the barrel again. <laughs> the bottom of the total pole as far as like age, everything. Like you're the youngest, you just figure things out. You scrappy try to like, you know, make sure that you succeed. And then like in retrospect, freshman and sophomore year are some of like the most important years of college, like academically, because like they're able to like buffer you from the effects of like junior and senior year when things get like much harder. But um I had some amazing teachers. Like I think really thank my parents first of all because like I was gonna go to a four-year school my dad said no we're gonna have you go to a community college first and I just so love my community college experience so much for so many different reasons but particularly the teachers and like how they care about you I feel like sometimes you go to university especially when you're like the big lecture classes you don't necessarily get that same one-on-one mm-hmm. attention like that that care you know what I mean? Um, that you do when you're at a community college, but my teachers like very much so invested, care about our learning, care that they taught us and didn't just like lecture us on the topic, um, which are like two very different things. But besides all of that, some of like the most transformative classes or teachers that I had were in Soch and um, my PTK advisor, which is Phi Theta Kappa Honor Society um, advisor, who was also an English teacher at MCC. So I had um, Dr. Thurston, Dr. Cooper and um, Dr. Sullivan. So <laughs> Dr. Cooper is the one who had me realize that race is a social construct. I was like, I took race, ethnicity, and um, what was it? Race, ethnic, right? race, ethnicity, and I forgot what the entire t- name of it. But she was like, do you guys, and from there, and I also had to do like a family tree with her um, in her class. And that's when I realized that my grandfather, so my mom said, are Jamaican and I learned that my grandfather is Jamaican but his mom who was Jamaican went to Panama to have so I learned like I didn't end up learning things about like my family I never knew because of the project I had to do in her class I learned about like it 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 introduced me to like social constructs for the first time which you guys know me you know I love that whole concept of the uh, framework of social constructs love that that's like that's my totally shaped my outlook and navigation life I think I talked with Eve a lot about this like we hmm. don't how we don't a lot of times we as black people we have like the, like um john lewis said in his book we have like the critical sensibilities of what's happening like we know like injustice right very well like we're attention to it but not, we don't always necessarily have the words to explain it and i remember this is kind of going back to like you know the bad side of teaching i remember in in high school i had a teacher for my, my ap history class and he was like i said i said something about discrimination or something about racism and he said how do you know that um, discrimination exists? Or like, how do you know that it's real? And at that time, I was like, I just, I, I didn't know how to explain myself. And I like, I was so frustrated with myself, right? Mm-hmm. But fast forward, like, getting, when I got into college and I got to learn these different things, I felt like I was able to, like, gain the language to explain what I, like, felt for so long, right? You know what I mean? Like, being able to, like, indict these different systems and structures. That's why I think, like, language and learning different concepts are so important because it allows you a certain power and certain agency over your life. And I think that's what particularly like those sociology classes did for me. And then going to PTK, um, 
my PTK advisor, Dr. Sullivan, who is incredible. Um, he, so I ended up, by the end of my, like, time there, I ended up becoming um, president of PTK. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he always saw, like, my ability to lead and, like, wanted me to, to be engaged from the point, of, like, when I got inducted. Um, and he always was trying to make sure that, like, I could, so I first started as an officer at large and, like, what kind of task do you want to do? Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? Like, how do you want to, like, see yourself being involved in this group? And, like, Will was trying to, like, make a path for me to be, like, actively engaged. And then at one point, the girl who was currently president ended up leaving her um, because of, like, personal things. He was like, Adriana, do you think you'd be interested in becoming president? And I was like, I think I could do this, huh? I was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, let's do this. And I ended up being president for, like, um, two years. We did a lot of super cool events. Um, we hosted um, one of the regional conferences at our college. Um, before I left, we did, held our induction, and it was like a very fulfilling experience. And like him being able to see that enemy and like you know mentoring me along the way before that was like very like powerful for that. And then once I got to UConn, it was like kind of like starting all over again <laughs> because like when you transfer, like I went to UConn as a junior, um, and I was a biomedical professor. <laughs> um, but my like the, the the very transformative piece that happened there was like my spring semester of my my junior year was it my yeah because it was my yeah 20 yeah spring 2019 and I took medical anthropology I almost didn't take this class and like I think <laughs> that like I, I almost didn't take this class and if I didn't I, I don't know what my trajectory at UConn would have been but I took medical anthropology spring of 2019 and I had Sarah Will, Dr. Sarah Will. anybody know her she favorite teacher all, all time college period um, and I took her class in medical anthropology, and it was the most, it aligned so many things for me as, like, of, of what I wanted to do. Um, before that, I was pre-med, like, heavy pre-med, and it opened up a lot of different horizons as far as, like, public health, thinking about, like, wild health partnerships. Like, like that's kind of, like, what led me down the path of, like, what kind of job I can see myself being in and what I want to be a part of, um, what justice looks like, what decolonization looks like. Um, a lot of different frameworks were like incorporated at that point. Medicalization. Um, I did my 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 group project on um, maternal health, specifically like um, maternal mortality, infant mortality. Um, I did a we did a podcast. We got to interview my mother and her experiences. Like I, we ended up going to do a seminar class with her the next the next year, where I met um, where me, Eve, Corona, and I kind of got to like uh, was just like four of us and her, and we got to like really like relationships and like it was just I mean that shifted like my whole drug that's when I became I found out about individualized major I changed my major social medical sciences um I shifted like my course like it shifted a lot of different things in my trajectory um as far as like when I got there so she was very monumental and just like just seeing through my vision I think a lot of times especially as an immigrant like a parent like who has a parent who's an immigrant like you like you're totally you're gonna be like a doctor or a lawyer and if you veer off of that like they look at you like you're crazy so like (laughs) but like seeing like there's a viable way like I always knew that like that wasn't enough for me or like just the the very like biomedical view of health wasn't enough for me and it offered a perspective that I could um really like take off running with um and engage in so for that like i'm probably grateful 
Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, Adrian. Sage, you're not this yet, but that's okay because you can be aspirational about anything. But Sage, if you'd like to share kind of like what do you maybe hope for for some of your teachers or professors or people you've yet to meet, or even if you don't want to go to college, that's cool too, honestly. Like there are teachers that you or mentors that you have yet to meet. Right. Um, being aspirational. Um, uh, I, I kind of want, like, um, similar to what you just said, Adriana, about um, how you took that course and that teacher kind of helped you, like, figure out what you kind of want to do. Um, I kind of want that same experience because, you know, right now I kind of have, like, this, you know, I want to be a biomedical engineer or, like, you know, I'm interested in that, but it might shift, you know, and I want to make sure I have that support in college. Um, because I'm going to be honest, I, I know, like you said, you hit rock bottom, bottom again when you enter, just like when you're a ninth grader or a third grader, right? So um, I just want that, like, initial support um, because I know it's going to be hard with that transition because it's a big transition because now you're a young adult. Um, so that's really what I would want, um, whatever course I take in college. Um, that's really it. Like, I just, I really want that support with me through a mentor or teacher or anything yeah so how about you cassie how's your experience <laughs> oh college it was it definitely was an experience so for those of you who don't know like i went to i went to college a day or two before i graduated high school because um they had the student support services program and they basically said hey we have extra room and you are of a marginalized background and you fit the socioeconomic status need and I was like, okay. And they said, well, you got your admission letter already. So this is just, um, you're on pilot. You get to just kind of do the program and get some extra credits. And I was like, great, cool. So, but the program mm -hmm. actually really to help uh, marginalized students to um, have more support at the university. Um, and whether that marginalization is with, um, you know, like financial needs, whether it is with like certain identities, whether it is with like, and kind of abilities thinking about kind of social emotional there's like all sorts of things as to like what you can do to like get into that but ultimately it was able to it was just a, a great way to kind of help transition from from high school to college and I'm grateful for it because it was there were times where it was tough there were times where like we didn't have the language we needed quite yet but that really helped us kind of set ourselves up for success in college and like I went to UConn as many of you know and I said in like this uh, uh commencement speech a couple weeks ago like I went to UConn University of Connecticut for human rights and figure skating okay it's like two weirdest <laughs> <laughs> to go to UConn, not because it's in Connecticut, not because I can still see my family, not because a bunch of my friends and my valedictorian of like the class went, but because they had figure skating and human rights. And and kind of similar to you, Sage, I was in high school and I was like, I thought I wanted to go into like environmental sciences or kind of one of the hard sciences. But then I took a human rights class and my professor or teacher in the high school inspired me to go into social sciences. And then my mother and my grandmother, um, before she passed away, unfortunately, they both were teachers and they inspired me to go into education. So I really had great examples of family and friends who really kind of showed me along the way. So even though I went to UConn for those things, I kind of wound up like they just wound up saying, yeah, yeah, do political science because you need something else with it. So then I wound up getting like political science and then I got like human rights, which is what I came for. But then I was done 
early because of the AP credits and I had other credits. So I was like, I'll do gender studies. And that was the major that changed my life because they gave me skills that I can use across any field. It could be in sciences, education, like it could be in lawyers and all these different things. And they give you the skills that are transferable across like any type of platform. And that was something I didn't expect, but something I'm forever grateful for from the internship experiences, from the professors and their critical feedback on my papers and stuff for everyone who was like there with us emotionally, physically, like mentally, they were all in to help us. And I've never felt like so much love and support from a community before. Like, cause there were, there were some, some really tough times, whether it was like socially within what was going on in our country, contextualizing it with theory. And as you're saying before, Adrian, it's like you get the words and the language to make learning accessible. And it was like the first time I finally pieced together myself. And it was the first time I felt like, oh, I know who I am now. I have the language and I knew who I was before. And I, I have this appreciation, but it's like, this, it's like I'm not only like turning the next chapter, I'm writing the whole next book in the series that I don't even know I wanted to write yet. Like pun intended, because I am writing like in my back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, you know, and then you go to grad and some people, I decided to go to graduate school because I was like, you know what, I'm passionate. I want to help other people. And I think education is where it's at. And so like thinking about teacher appreciation, that's, that's why I really got into teaching is because like I started off just coaching, but then I realized like, I want to make a difference in people's life. You don't have to be a teacher to do that. But that is sure one way to, to go down the path in doing. It. And there are a lot of challenges and a lot of rewards. So getting into our final question or so, how do you think um, we can support some of the students and teachers nowadays, whether it's from middle school, high school, elementary, college? Because I know COVID-19 has really disrupted everything. <laughs> everything in it. I'll just say that. Everything in education. So how do you think we can? Breaking up a bit, Kathy. Okay. Kathy, you're breaking up. How about now? Okay, Good? better. I think, awesome. Cass, did you say, you say, how can we better support teachers? And you said that was going to be yep. our last question, right? Yep, last that. question. So we've been on here for a hot minute, which is okay. I know we had a bunch of other stuff um, and, and questions, but that's okay. We get to what we get to, and then whatever we don't answer, you'll probably see in our podcast series, which we'll talk more about at the end. Yep. So uh, final question, how can we support students and teachers to foster positive relationships? It can be elementary, middle school, high school, college, either's uh, fine. Um, you want to go first? Okay. I, I can go first. Um, how can we support students and teachers to foster positive relationships? Um, honestly, the one word I can really say is just be open, you know, um, be open to like there's not everyone's gonna be at the same level and it's okay not to be. Um, and I feel as as a student, um, you know, I like to my fellow peers, like be optimistic, you know be willing to learn and be willing to listen. Like listening is a big piece, especially in high school and even middle school, listen then and elementary school all down the line. 
but just listen to the ones that are willing to teach you um because i i and i it's a lot right now i know there's a lot of things that happen especially during this time in COVID 19 but like you know teachers are going through just as much as we're going through like i think we forget that piece like it's there's a big stress um level right now <laughs> you know like we're all and our mental health is all over the place um but it's like you know we're here for each other and just knowing that we are here for each other and that's like that's what we're for like here for and especially when we get go to like a school like that's the space where we're supposed to be like this community you know so it's just like reminding ourselves like both teacher and student like reminding that we are here for each other and we are both willing to learn because i know students can teach teachers and teachers can see, teach students new things every day um so that's really my takeaway from this um discussion and to you you all so yeah adriana I, I love that. And I think to build off of that, I think the first piece is like out of systems, like administration level, like allow teachers to be teachers. You know what I mean? Allow teachers to be able to craft their curriculum the way that they, they see fit. Allow teachers to be able to have the range to really create a curriculum that's open, honest, and um, one that incorporates all perspectives and all, and, and all viewpoints, right? One that really takes into account like each kid's needs but also each kid's identities and like makes it a place where um these kids can like explore that in a real way in an honest way in a, um and in a safe way you know what i mean um i think number two is like giving teachers the resources they need like like right. at cassie you talk about this all the time but like we should not be expect teachers to be resilient through nonsense right like give them the fertile soil so that they can grow like give them the resources the time the energy the space the um, adequate amount of like everything so that they can truly succeed you know what I mean like they shouldn't be having to like to 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 grow um roses out of concrete like that's just not like what the that's not logical and I think like we have to really recognize like the extraordinary nature and like the the the, the vitalness right like if teachers play like in our society and to shaping our kids and to shaping like the social environments that like those kids go into and really recognizing like we need to be able to enable these teachers to do the best work that they can and like expecting them to be resilient through BS is not feasible and not sustainable. Yeah, for, like, mm -hmm. we, we we rely so heavily on um and I think for for like the, the positive foster positive relations between teachers and students, I think sometimes I feel like I wasn't like this, but I know like a lot of kids like in my in my school were like we don't recognize how close our like how like our that our teachers first are human like us regardless of like, what their age is but how like relatable our teachers are right and that they're human beings and like just remember that like when you're just like oh like why is she like why is she nagging me right now or like why like she at the end of the day is really just wants, wants you to see how you see that you can succeed and generally speaking and just like give your teachers just like that that grace you know what I mean that we all like drive and hope for um and you know allow your teachers to be able to do their best work so that you could do your best work too in that way like everybody has a flat education um i think that like you know just creating that community in a real way um uh, without like the, the 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 bs you know from because of like this toxic society in which we live right like try to shelter, not shelter that, but like, you know, create a safe space outside of that.
you know, that safe for all people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Adriana and um, Sage, for being on the Instagram Live and for sharing. I know as an uh, elementary teacher and a doctoral student, because, you know, we're making it work. It's the fun thing in education where you get more education to, like, move in education. It's just, that's where we're at. But anyways, I think as a student, I want to try to schedule better. And as a teacher, I'm like, well, I mean, as a student, I mean, like, like time and trying to dedicate and, like, carve out time and setting boundaries, especially, like, it's hard to write and to read and to comprehend and to understand when like you got all this stuff on your plate so carving out the time and telling people no but then as a teacher uh giving myself and my students grace because there are times where like you know i might make a mistake or they might make a mistake but then we learn from each other and i keep that communication open with them they know that i'm learning from them and they are learning from me but at the end of the day my number one thing is to keep them safe and to make sure that they learn something either about themselves about their peers or about the content that um that i'm teaching because like as a teacher like we have eight different things of content that we teach. So like people don't realize it's like, it's not just math and reading, it's writing, it's social studies, it's science, it's social emotional learning, it's comprehension, it's reading fluency, it's the social dynamic, it's um like all sorts of different things. And I think sometimes we get so bogged down and like, like get the content out there, get it out there. Kind of like, oh, we got to like content, content, content. That's like you kind of lose the the real relationship and like forming, like, like you said, Sage and Adriana, it's like, is being real and forming those connections. Like even today I've had students who are like upset that when I, um, when I reprimand them, but then I always go back and do a follow-up and be like, look, did you understand how there are consequences to your behavior or how you can take this as a learning opportunity or where sometimes I'll have to explicitly say, I'm not mad at you. I just want to keep you safe. Or I want you to learn this thing and, and very explicitly teaching people that because again it's just like everything's a learning process so it's very interesting seeing where everyone's at and I try to make it a two-way street where it's not just me driving down the path and being like hold on everyone we're going we're going it's just like nope we're going together if we need to move back a bit we can if we need to move forward together but at the end of the day it's it's giving each other grace and knowing that you know like it's hard it's just it's hard to get through everything and then with COVID on top of it and all the different things going on in the world it's hard and we're all just doing the best we can and that's all we can do so um, I think that that way we can foster positive relationships if we're more understanding with each other and just give each other that grace being like you know what I know we got a lot on our plate but we're still going to be here for each other so um, I thank you all for uh, coming and stuff. I know we will be posting our podcast soon so you can check that out on Spotify. Yes, tomorrow it will be dropped. You can check out some stuff. I'm sure at some point the IG Lives will be on there as well. Um, maybe, I don't know. We're going to roll with it just like we do with the things in school and the content. We just kind of keep it rolling. And um, we are going to end with our quote by Thurgood Marshall. And um, he said here, um, this is from the, he's uh, the former Supreme Court Justice at the Bicentennial um, speech. He said, I do not believe that the meaning of the Constitution was forever fixed at the Philadelphia Convention, nor do I find the wisdom, foresight, and sense of justice exhibited by the framers particularly profound. To the contrary, the government they devised was defective from the start. 
requiring several amendments, a civil war, and monumentous social transformation to attain the system of constitutional government and its respect for the individual freedoms and human rights we hold as fundamental today. When contemporary Americans cite the Constitution, they invoke a concept that is vastly different from what the framers barely began to construct two centuries ago. And we are, and I just want to add that we are still constructing and making a sense and understanding of this today, whether it's within education, in policy, in law, in the sciences, in the medical field, across every aspect of our lives. We are constantly learning and growing. So I hope you all stay humble as learners and be thankful for the teachers and mentors around you. So thank you again for coming. Check out TNBC stuff. And anything else to add, Sage, Adriana? Just be great. <laughs> Just be great. Good. Awesome stuff. <laughs> Cassie, thank you for all that you do, and thank you for continuing to be such an extraordinary educator in all your different facets. Um, and also, a quick yeah. tidbit: that quote came from one of my favorite um, teachers in MCC, who was one of my American Gov teachers. The reason why I got to my internship at the Capitol, and he um, taught us about the Bicentennial speech with Thurgood Marshall and the specific quote, and like why it was important to um, to dissect. So, yeah, that's why that quote means a lot to me. But yes. Well, thank you. So awesome. Much. Well, thank you. Until next time, check out the good stuff. We'll be having more things coming up, so please check it out. Um, we'll be doing lots of good stuff with Juneteenth as well, so just check out the website, check out Facebook, Instagram. We'll be posting, so just uh, just stay informed, people. All right. Thank you, Cassie. Bye. Yes, uh, thank Cassie. you. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.